Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Good to be with you this morning, and we're jumping into a brand new sermon series entitled Living Generously. So just finished up a sermon series and jumping into this, and so over these next three weeks, we're going to be looking at awareness, action, and impact. Uh, if you were to pull out your smart devices this morning and do a quick Google search, and you wanted to just look up weight loss, weight loss pills, in a matter of maybe one to two seconds, you would be inundated with about 150 million results. Right, of everyone in every company saying, I have the miracle cure. I have it. Right? If you just take this pill every day for the next two weeks, you will lose you know, 20 pounds. Um, how many know that I have not subscribed to any of those pills? And so I just want you to, to know this morning. But, but, but it's fascinating because last year in the United States, we spent about $33 billion on various weight loss products. At the same time, the FDA said that 40% of Americans are overweight. And so what, what, what's the, the issue there? It's like we want, we want the cure, but sometimes the cure doesn't deliver as promised. And then sometimes because we're like, no, this was supposed to work and now it doesn't work. And so we become a little skeptical. As in, if it's too good to be true, then it's definitely too good to be true. And so this morning, I want to offer you something that can radically improve your life. I felt like Pastor Anthony was going to do it. He kind of had that. You know what's even better than this? Like he kind of had that 30-second infomercial going on for uh, the announcements this morning. And, and, I, and I, I don't want it to be a 30-second infomercial. Right? I just don't want to be like, hey, if you do this, if you, you know, if you buy now, if you activate this in your life today, here's what's going to happen. Um, but what I do know is that, if you will, it has the potential to improve your life. It can make you happier. It can make you healthier and, and even more fulfilled. And before you tune me out... I think one of the reasons that we're so, like, we want to jump in on this weight loss pill, even though we know it necessarily won't work, is because we all want the best version of our life, right? We, we want the best version of, of our life, and so we want, to, we want to dive into that. And so this morning, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you a word, right? One word. That's it. The miracle, the miracle cure for your life this morning is the word generosity. Generosity. And some of you, just right there, you're like, hold on a minute. Is this where you're going today? You're like, man, I showed up to church and all of a sudden, like this may be your first time and you're like, why? Why, why are you going to preach about money? Like when you show up to church and, and so I wasn't thinking about coming to church, I'm going to show up to church and ah, I just want you to know that generosity is so much more than money. Amen. Before we even jump in to all multiple different ways that we can be generous, I just want you to know it's more than money. Now, is money a part of generosity? Sure, but it's more, it's more than money. I do find it interesting, though, that Jesus, so you have Old Testament, New Testament, and Jesus is, is in the New Testament, right, his birth, and so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, the, four, the first four books of, of the New Testament, Jesus is speaking and is teaching, and Jesus taught more on money than he did anything else, five times more than prayer. So if I was doing a series on prayer, you'd be like, yes, we're all in. I want to know how to pray, and I want to have, I want to have that kind of prayer life that moves the heart of God, yes, but generosity, <sighs> but again, remember we're talk, not talking about money. We're talking about heart. We're talking about how do we live a generous life? A generous life 
we, we can live out and see in so many different types of ways. And so I want to give you just a few this morning if you're taking notes. And one is we can be generous with our thoughts. We can be generous with our thoughts. Like, how do we feel about people? Right? You ever walk into a store and you're like, what is wrong with that person? Like, why are they wearing what they're wearing? I dare you. I dare you to go to Walmart after 10 o'clock at night and not have that thought. I dare you. <laughs> like, hmm, looks like they're ready for bed. Or something else, right? And so you're like, I don't know what's happening here. But, but, but we struggle with, with our thought life and about others. But not only do we struggle with it about others, I think sometimes we struggle our thought life about ourselves. Right? It's very hard to see people the way that God sees people if you don't see yourself the way that God sees you. And so then we have all this negative self-talk. I, I want you to hear me this morning that negative self-talk reflects an incorrect view of God. Because God is, God, when you look at creation in the book of Genesis and you see every time God made something, he said, and it's good. So God has never made anything bad. Yet in our minds, we talk about his creation of ourselves and we have this negative self-talk like, God, I don't know, you did this and look at this and then you look in the mirror and you're like, how come you did this and why aren't I perfect and how come I don't have this? And, but that's an incorrect view of who God is because he's never messed up and he's never made junk. Everything he makes is good, and so we need to make sure that we are generous with our thoughts about others and ourselves. Another area we can be generous is we can be generous with our words. In the book of Proverbs, it says, careless words stab like a sword, but the words of the wise bring healing. I'm pretty happy about my words, too. I get it. I get that excited. But, but think about it. Like, so our words, are they, are they generous? Are they uplifting? Or do they, they tear people down? Right, Because you have a choice. You can build people up or you can tear people down. You get to make that choice with your words. We say it all the time. See it, say it. Right, so you can see it, do it. If you see a piece of paper on the floor, you're like, oh, I'll pick that up. It doesn't have to be my job. I'll just see it, do it. But you could see it, say it. If someone is doing something awesome, why not tell them? Right? And, and here's what I love. Even with our marriages, we can, this can be so practical and life-changing. Because sometimes I think we, we take each other for granted. Like, oh, it's, it's my husband's job or my wife's job, and then you fill in the blank. How about you just thank them for everything that they do? So if they're cooking dinner, then you're like, I'm so thankful that you are cooking dinner, and I know it's going to be great, and you just build them up. Well, it's their job to cook dinner. Um, you could go with that. <laughs> if you want, I'm suggesting an ulterior path that would say, see it and say it, and just build them up, speak life. Man, if someone's doing something nice, if, if, if you hear something, maybe a worship leader this morning, you're like, man, I loved it, and when you did this, that was awesome, and I'm so appreciative, build people up. Pastor Angel, if you have not yet listened to her message that she preached two weeks ago on humility, I would encourage you to go to our website, find that under messages, and listen to, I oh, mean, such a powerful word. But she had mentioned in there that, that it's not our job to really deflate people's egos, but to lift people up. Right? Sometimes after service, and this happened a number of years ago, someone came up and they're like, man, that was a really good message, but I don't really want to tell you that because I don't want your head to get big. Do you want to know what I don't struggle with? My ego becoming so inflated that I feel like I'm the next Stephen Furtick. I don't have that issue. If anything, I probably have the opposite where I, I, I'm self-aware to go, man, that was horrible. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have. And I, and I beat myself up. Now, I'm not saying after service you need to come up and be like, that was the best message I've ever heard. No. But why do we feel like we have to be the Jesus police and make sure that we don't want anybody to have a big ego? If they're doing something great, just say something amazing to them. Like, that was awesome. 
thank you. I appreciate you. I value you. You see a first impression team and you're like, man, they actually smiled and it felt very genuine. Why not say, thank you for the smile. I've had a horrible morning and I wanted to punch the first person I saw in the face, but I chose not to because you smiled at me. (laughs) So we can be generous with our words. We can be generous with our words. I think we can also be generous with our money. Be generous with your money. Every every time we give financially, I, I feel like it softens our hearts so that we can become the person that Jesus created us to be. Because we become more like him and, and less like ourselves. I, just as Pastor Anthony was sharing about Gambia, just for a moment, right, the Martins were here and they're sharing their hearts and they shared it with the kids and we were able to financially support them so they could go onto the mission field. And so one day, one day we'll be standing around the throne room of heaven worshiping and, and there's going to be every tribe and every nation and every tongue and it's going to be beautiful and there's going to be Gambian people who are going to be like, you made an investment in my life and you're going to be like, I never went to the Gambia. But you sent someone to proclaim the gospel to the Gambia. So your generosity is changing the world, right? In just a few weeks, I'll be able to share with you that we, we have a special missions project every year. We had a goal of $25,000. We've crushed that goal. And the project was 150, hear me, it sounds crazy in United States terms because the project's $150,000 and it will be a school, a church, and a parsonage. Big facility for total for $150,000. Your generosity Right, is paying for over 20% of that entire facility. So when, when, when the kids in Guatemala are able to come and experience life and have a facility where they can come during the day and hear about Jesus and have a school and then be able to participate in Sunday school classes and kids' classes on Sundays, you're making a difference through your generosity. Because here's, here's what I know about generosity when it comes to our money, is giving our money takes the focus away from me and it puts it onto others. That's what it does. It puts it on to others because you're not giving to yourself. You're giving to somebody else. And the more you can give to somebody else, I'm telling you, the more happy, fulfilled you will feel in this life. So you can be generous with your money. You can also be generous with your influence. Most of us had somebody who was influential in our life. All right, let me, let, let's do a little uh, show of hands. I love saying by a show of hands. I don't know why. Just, it just is what I am. I'll either say, turn to your neighbor, and then I say something stupid like, now look at your second choice. I'm not doing that this morning. But, but here's, here's the deal. By a show of hands, how many of you could say, man, there was somebody who influenced my life for the good? Right? We've all had somebody who's influenced our life for the good. And so we then see that we can be a person of influence. So we all have influence. Are you willing to use yours to bless others? Let that sink in for a moment. We all have influence. Are you willing to use yours to bless others? Don't keep it. You have to be willing to give it away. Another, another area is we can be generous with our time. With our time. And sometimes I feel like it's easier to give money than it is to give time. Like treasures, oh, I can, I can give. Like, hey, the Salvation Army buckets are going to be coming out here shortly, and I have no problem every time at the store, and I, I love to give, and I like to, see, I like to see you know the kingdom being advanced. That's great, and I can give, but don't ask me to stop for five minutes and talk to somebody because I don't have time for that, but I can, I can give something because I can make more money, but I can't make more time. But I wonder if for some of us here this morning is that's an area of our life where we can be generous. Maybe it's time for some of us just to stop pause long enough to listen. Like, you know what's a powerful question? Is when you just ask somebody, tell me your story. Tell me your story. Help me get to know you. What's your story? 
Just ask the question. Some of us need to stop and, 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 and just celebrate. How many know it's okay to celebrate? The scripture tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice. And so we, we just need to stop and celebrate with others. Or maybe we need to stop and help. Maybe God is asking us to do something. And so we need to be generous with our time. Another thing we can be generous with is our attention. Right? We, we can be generous with our attention. We live in a world that, that is operating at an attention deficit. Right? We are distracted by anything and everything. We, we, like if we don't have the remote so close to us, if we have to watch a tenth of a second of a commercial, because I didn't pay to watch commercials, people, like I, I got things to do, and so this doesn't need my attention. I want to get to the show. I want to see what's happening. And then, and, then, and then we have these wonderful devices, and people are having conversations with us, and we're like, yeah, that's so good. Yep, yeah, sure. Where do you want to go for lunch? I don't, wherever you want to go. I don't, yeah, yeah. What did you say? Right? And, we, and we're, we're so distracted, so I wonder if we can be generous with our attention, because we all know how it feels when someone is fully present in a conversation with us. Right? When we sit down, and you, I, you don't have to make it weird, like I say it weird, but it doesn't, I mean, no, it doesn't have to feel weird. When you just lock eyes with somebody, and you know they're actually paying attention to you, isn't that powerful? It's like, man, they do care. It says something more than, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever it's good, yeah, perfect, yeah, sure. And so we can be generous with our attention. And lastly, we can be generous with our belongings. We all have stuff, but I think our stuff can be able to be a blessing to others in creative ways. Right? You, you, you can own stuff or your stuff can own you. You, you get to make that choice. Like, there's nothing wrong with stuff. I guess it's, it's okay to have things. Don't hear me. This isn't like me trying to guilt you like, oh, if you buy this, that you're such a horrible human being. No, it's okay to have stuff, but it's not okay for your stuff to own you. I love at Rosemary Community Dinner, our church in Akron, um, new fa families are coming in every week and more and more people. It's absolutely amazing. And so Pastor Anthony and his team are doing a phenomenal job. And one of the, one of the needs there has been some physical needs of stuff. Like there's a family that moved in with, with multiple children and they came with nothing. It's like, hey, it would be great if we had a pillow. And it's getting a little cold outside. It'd be great if we had some blankets. Yeah, let's do that. Can we get some beds? Sure, let's do it. And so Pastor Anthony has been asking and people have been coming in and it's filled my heart because you see, it's like, oh, it's a pillow. Yeah, I got extras at home. But it's so great that that stuff can be a blessing to somebody else. We're to be a conduit of his love, not, not hoarding it. We're supposed to allow it to come in and go out and so we can be generous with our belongings. But I hope you see the point this morning that generosity is far more than money. Generosity is, is about taking your entire life, everything you are and everything you own and being willing to be a blessing to those around you. So if generosity isn't about money, then I feel like it's safe we can make this statement this morning is generosity is for everyone. It's for everyone. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be a millionaire to be a giver. Right? Some of you are like, mm, but if I win that Powerball, Pastor Lance, I'm going to be a giver. <laughs> I'm going to give to me, myself, and I. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Like, I, like, I want to be a giver. You don't have to win the Powerball. You, you don't have to have a million dollars in your 401k in order to be generous because generosity is something that flows from the heart. So this morning, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you two things. Like, it, this is going to revolutionize. It's so, it's so detailed. It's so complicated of how we're going to be generous. You ready for it? Two things. Identify an opportunity and take action. That's it. That's all, to be generous, that's all you have to do. You got to go, okay, what are the opportunities in front of me? 
And now that I see an opportunity, what am I going to do about it? So I'm going to take action. It really is that simple. You're intentional with being aware of the opportunities, and then you're intentional with saying yes to those opportunities, and you begin to take action. And here's the bonus. If you do that, it's going to have a tremendous impact in our world. And so that's where we're looking at awareness, right? When we have, that, we have that ability to say, okay, what is this? And now we can take action. And because we've taken action, it's going to have kingdom impact. And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. How do, how do, we, how do we be people of awareness? How many know that we have five senses, right? We can, we can see, we can touch, we can smell, we can, we can hear. And, and, and because of that, every day, there's truly millions of experiences happening all around us. Right? Sci- the science tells us that even while we're sleeping, our senses are still moving and still engaging. It's, how is it possible that we, we have hundreds of millions of things every day, and so we're so aware of very few of those taking place? Let me try a little experiment on you this morning. Who were the last 10 people you saw yesterday? Okay, narrow that down. Out of those 10, who are the last five of those 10 that you talked to? Okay. Out of those five you talked to, what did you talk to them about? How many of you are struggling to remember what you have made for breakfast this morning? <laughs> You're like, that's me. I don't know. What was it? So what I'm saying is we, all of these opportunities all around us every day, and yet somehow, some way, with all of these things that we have an opportunity to experience, somehow we miss the awareness of what's happening in our day-to-day lives. Yet when we look at Scripture, we see the person of Jesus, and somehow he, he, he had it to where he, he was able to be aware at all times. He maximized every opportunity, and then with those opportunities, man, he took action And obviously, we see the impact of Jesus' life in our world today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark, chapter 5. That was just the intro, if you're new here. We're just, put seatbelt on, buckle up. I'm just kidding. We're we're almost done, all right? So turn your attention to Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 uh, through 34. In verse 21, it says, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And I love verse 24, so Jesus went with him. Now, I want to bring a little context of what's taking place in the story Right, be, right before this moment, Jesus is on the other side of the lake, and he's performing a miracle where there was a man who was demon-possessed, and he sets him free. And, and now Jesus, I mean, just imagine this man, he's being set free, and all the crowds are like, oh my goodness, look what this man was able to do, and this man, Jesus, is so powerful. And so he gets into the boat, and he goes to the other side, and it's like, man, this, this, this word is spreading quickly about who Jesus is, and so now there's this huge crowd that's gathering, and man, he can barely get out of the boat, and everybody wants to see Jesus, and everybody wants to experience Jesus, and now one of the influential religious leaders of the time, Jairus comes and he's like, hey, listen, Jesus. And I mean, you can hear it in the story where he's, there's this earnest, right? It says earnestly pleading, like, and he falls on his knees and he's like, Jesus, I need you. I need you to come. And my daughter, is she's dying, but if you show up and I know she'll be okay. I love that Jesus' response. I'll go. I'll go. He, he responds exactly how we know he will respond. I, and I love that. 
I love that, that in the midst of whatever we're walking through, Jesus responds. I love that he sees us enough that in the midst of the crowd, he, he, the religious leader falls and he's like, man, that, that's an opportunity for me to move. And I love that Jesus takes advantage of those opportunities that we bring to his attention. So if you're here this morning, you're watching online, maybe there's something you need to bring to his attention. And he's willing to say, yes, I see you. And he drops everything he's doing. He'll drop everything he's doing. And he meets with you just like he met with Jairus' daughter. And so this is where the story gets interesting. Because it goes on to say, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Jesus is on his way to something that's very important, right? He's on his way to an opportunity where, where Jairus says, hey, listen, my daughter is dying. And, and so, of course, Jesus is concerned. And now he's on his way, and now he's confronted with a different situation. And the Bible tells us that this woman is in a crowd, that she had been suffering for, for over a decade, for 12 years, and she had spent everything she had, right? Can you imagine going to doctor appointment, doctor appointment, doctor appointment, doctor appointment, and you give your entire life savings, and yet she, the, the scripture, what, it says she grew worse. She wasn't getting any better. The miracle cure, the, the pill wasn't working, and, and she's like, man, I have, I have one more opportunity. And if this Jesus is who he says he is, if, if what people are talking about is true, then if I could just meet with Jesus, if I could just touch them, then I know something powerful would happen. And so it's in this moment where, where her faith and she reaches out and she, she touches Jesus' clothing. And I don't want you to miss the context of the story because Jesus is on his way to an urgent opportunity. And it's in the midst of that urgent opportunity that what he feels and he senses that someone has touched him. And so right in the middle of this opportunity, he encounters another opportunity. So none of us would, would blame Jesus if he was like, yeah, I'm being touched. Everybody's touching me. I mean, I, I picture this being like leaving a Browns game. Right? So on Monday night, I'm at the Browns game. They won, by the way. Uh, and so, so I'm at the Browns game. Everything's excited. But throughout, everybody's high-fiving. That's the most hand sanitizer I've ever put on my hands after the game. And everybody's high-fiving. And you're leaving, and it's a mass exit, and everybody's bumping into each other. Everybody's touching each other. And so for you to say, which one of y'all touched me? Everybody be like, I did, I did, I did, because everybody's bumping into each other. But it's in this moment where it's like, what is happening? Because we see Jesus' response. In verse 30, he says, at once, Jesus realized that the power had gone off from him. He turned around to the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? Right, remember, crowd, mass, army. Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet, how can you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. In verse 30, I love, I love it. In the midst of that crowd, Jesus turned around and says, who touched me? Right? Who was it? Who touched me? So what Jesus is demonstrating in this moment is a, a, a remarkable awareness of people. Because in the midst of going to another opportunity, he has another opportunity. In the midst of all of the hundreds of thousands of people who are gathered around him and touching him, he experiences something in his body and he goes, who touched me? And he pauses and he sees this woman and then he lifts her up and he says, it's your faith that has healed you. 
Jesus never missed an opportunity to make sure that people were always the priority. He never missed that opportunity. And it's an important question then that we have to ask. Right, if we're followers of Jesus and he's the blueprint, then how do we live in this world the way that he lived? Because if Jesus was aware of the needs of others, then we need to be aware of the needs of others. And so if it's something that Jesus modeled, then it's important for us to take a look at that model and say, okay, how do I become aware? Because we all, have, we all live busy, crazy lives. Some of you get anxiety just by looking at your personal calendars. Or you pull it out and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. I don't know how I'm going to possibly wash the dog, go to the grocery store, cook dinner, take the kids to soccer, and still be able to sleep tonight. And you're like, I don't, I don't see how all this is going to work out. But it's in the midst of that busy life. It's in the midst of all those distractions where Jesus was aware. And I wonder if he's asking us to be aware as well. Because Jesus understood it. Awareness activates generosity. Awareness activates generosity. The disciples had it right, like, Jesus, come on, everybody's touching you. How do you figure that you could pick just one person? It's impossible, yet there was an awareness. He had this ability to be able to see, man, this is an opportunity to be generous. And he modeled it for us. And so this morning, I want to give you one thing. How do you, how do you become aware? Like, man, I, I just want to be aware of, of an opportunity. And how do we work on this awareness? I'm going to give you one thing to do, and it's something that you can do every morning. And here it is. Ask God to make you more generous. Every morning, go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, today, would you help me to see what you see? Would you, would you empower me to be able to be aware of the needs around me? Would you, would you be able to empower me to be more generous? I think, it's wonder, I think sometimes, you know, you can have the cart in front of the horse and then we get it wrong. I think sometimes we want Jesus to do something, and he's like, I'm going to do something, but I'm going to, I'm going to use you to do something. To be that conduit of love and of grace. And so before we ever look for awareness, invite the person that will help us be more aware. And so Jesus, how do you want me to be more aware today? I want to be generous. Would you help me to be aware? I love what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 2. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Paul is inviting this transformation process of the way that we think because awareness always begins with a shift in perspective. Awareness always begins with a, with a powerful shift in our minds and our hearts of a new perspective. We need a new perspective. Our default setting is self. Our flesh is selfie, right? It, think about it. That's why we walk around with our, we don't walk around with our cameras looking at other people and be like, I want to take a selfie of you. Usually they're pointed this way, taking a selfie of ourself. That's why they're called. So that's usually our default mode. But, but, but the spirit is asking us, man, instead of, instead of being self-centered, I want you to be other-centered. I want you to be aware of what's taking place around you. And to help us this morning, and when this video is done, we're going to close in prayer. But, but I hope this inspires you to see that God wants to use you. And sometimes it's us just being aware of the opportunities. Turn your attention to the screen. The story starts with me eating chicken at KFC. And this guy comes just shuffling in with a walker. His beard was growing out, and his hair was down to his shoulders, and it was greasy and matted. He's got on this old white t-shirt that is just soiled from stem to stern. I thought, well, you know, I can at least give him something to eat. 
we went and grabbed him some chicken, and uh, I found out he was living on a couch in a little patch of woods there. So he was back there laying on the couch, and he told me that he was a homeless vet. I could not believe that a human being would be living like he was, especially having served the country. He was sick, he was mentally disabled, smelled to high heaven. You know, it would be inhuman to leave a man living out like that if there was any hope. So I took him into a hotel, but uh, he's got issues with his kidneys and his feet. And so they finally said, look, take him out. We just started taking care of him from then on. You know, what happens to a man that deteriorates to the position that he's in? From what I've been able to piece together, he was adopted by an elderly couple, so they died early in his life. He joined the military, got married somewhere along in that line. His wife said, come home and take care of the family or she was gonna leave him. He went home to take care of his wife. Well, she left him anyway and took the kid. Just wish God would make all of this stop. I mean, it's been a challenge, just a slog to get those benefits. In the middle of this thing, I don't know when it'll end. I don't know if it will end. When I committed to help him, I basically told God I'd see it through. Mark was in hell till Eddie Green came into his life and changed all that. Mark was very sick. You know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, the first thing they start thinking about is what they did in that war how many people they didn't kill. Sometimes I think I've made so many mistakes. When I'm laying in bed, I ask God to make sure I don't wake up. I don't want to see him die. I'm hoping that Mark can get out of the prison that he's in, in his own mind, and come back to life. For a while, I hated God more than anything on this planet. That kind of, that went away. 
because I figured there's all kinds of people on this planet that are kind of like me, and he's helping them. Eddie is someone that I would do anything for if I could. Go to the bathroom and then call me when you get ready to brush your teeth, all right? He's done so much for me. If you consider that you're a gift of God to the other people in the world, there really is something spiritual that takes place when we give our life. It's just like a crystallization of the reality of what God feels for mankind. Just listen to Mark. Listen to him cry out, man. He, he became my brother. This is the way I look at other people. They are human beings. They're brothers and sisters no matter what. Somebody needs to reach out, give them compassion, and don't think loving somebody is weak. It is powerful. Love is the most powerful thing in the world. at a KFC. How do, you, how do you stumble into a story like that? It all begins with awareness. It wasn't, it wasn't like a conference. It wasn't a, a church service. It wasn't a challenge like, hey, to, today when you leave, I want you to find somebody that you can invest in, somebody who's down. No, it was at a KFC where a guy named Eddie said, somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. He was aware of what was taking place around him. And I love what he said. I told, I told God I would see it, I would see it till the end, right? I, I was going to be all in until... I love what he said, and I want you to hear it from the video. If you consider that you, you are a gift from God to the other people in the world, there really is something spiritual that takes place. You. Or God wants you to do something. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do something, but I want to use you. I want to use you. You're the gift. I brought you on this planet for a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a, a reason for being here, and it's not just all about you. And so you are a gift. You are the, uh, think about conduit, right? Electrical, electrical contractors, plumbing, like if you have a conduit in this floor right now, there's, there are four different pieces of conduit that flow through this floor. So if we ever need to pull power or, or audio from the back wall, we can get it all the way through underground. There is an inlet and an outlet. What comes in has to go out. The love of Jesus, the generosity of Jesus is something that comes in, but it's not supposed to stay. It's supposed to leave. It's supposed to have an exit. So that when we see awareness, we go, man, I have to move with action. And I'm not saying like, oh, man, I'm going to have to take on a homeless vet and I'm going to have to pull them off the streets. I'm going to have to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars and time and money and energy and efforts. Maybe, but I know it'll be worth it. But maybe it's just you being generous with your time. Maybe today it's just you being generous with your attention. Maybe, maybe today it is you being generous with stuff. 
And so I'm gonna pray in a minute, but I, I wanna share with you as we close, just, hey, three opportunities. And you're like, but this isn't about money. I know, it just so happens. I didn't know when we planned this series out last November that we'd have these three opportunities in front of us, okay? And so if you took paper for Spread the Gobble, make sure you bring that back. Because we're, we're gonna feed over 100 families for thanks, on Thanksgiving. How powerful is that? Because of your generosity. Next Sunday, we're gonna take up an all-cash offering. All-cash, right? So I, check two, right? But just understand this isn't that like, oh, I'll put my tithe. This is, this is an offering. So if you have a dollar, bring a dollar. If you're like, man, where, I'm, flip the couch over, right? There's gotta be something in there. And if you're like, a dollar doesn't seem generous, then bring two. Maybe you feel like the Lord's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring five, whatever it would be. All, everything that comes into this offering will go out. We don't keep it. It's not like, oh, we're gonna need this. We gotta pay our bills. No, this, this is us being a conduit. We're gonna, we're gonna help all children in the foster care system in the state of Ohio through your generosity. And then next week, we're launching our, our Christmas gift cards. There's a hundred, I believe there's right around 160 the 200 teenagers in Summit County in the foster care system, wouldn't it be great if Radiant Life Church was able to meet all those needs? Wouldn't that be awesome? Just for imagine for a moment that you wake up Christmas morning and all of a sudden you're, you're receiving a gift from a church that you've never been to and it was purchased and there's a, you have the potential when you get the card to write something on it, very kind, like just wishing you a Merry Christmas. I, I love you, I'm proud of you, I appreciate you. Your life has purpose, you have meaning. Here's my favorite Bible verse. Maybe it encourages you. And there's a young man, a young girl who opens that. They're like, somebody cares about me. Why? Because you were aware. And not only were you aware, you took action. And that action is gonna result in kingdom impact it won't be about you. It will be about others. So here's how we're going to close the service today. All I'm going to ask you to do is raise a hand. And what I mean by that is this. If when you leave today, you want, you want to leave with, you know, like I put my glasses on and I can see everybody more clearly. There's an awareness. I want you to be able to leave today with some new glasses, a new prescription that you can see what your heavenly father sees that you would be aware of needs around you, not just today, but for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And so if you just wanna be more aware, would you raise your hand as we pray? Father, I pray for every hand and every heart. God, you see, you see things that we don't see, but I know through your spirit we can. So God, I pray that as we leave today, not just for today, but specifically, even in the moments following the service, we would be more aware of the needs. They're so great. There's, there's so many. There's hurting people all over our cities, our workplaces, our neighborhoods. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would use us as your gift of love. Whether you're asking, whether it's through finances, through, through time, through our attention, whatever that would be today, God, help us to leave seeing what you see. May we be more aware of what you're wanting to do in us and through us. We give you praise. We give you glory in all things. In Jesus' name.